Hey guys, what's up? Hope here and welcome back to a new episode of Hurricane Hope. Haven't done this in a while because um, to be honest, I just like got lazy. Um, but I'm really excited to start these new artist chats and I wanted to bring someone on for the first one who was someone that I knew really well already but still had a lot to uh, talk about because I can talk with this girl literally probably for hours on end. And that is my friend from Atlanta, Maggie Schneider of the band Now Glimmers. I know. I think the last time we talked, I was still like solo and hadn't announced this yet. Yes. And you had said to me on that live chat too, you were like, oh, I'm like working on some stuff, like all ominous. And I was like, oh, this girl, I knew you were, I knew you were in a band. I knew. I just had a vibe just like based on like your expressions. Um, so how are you? How are you I'm doing? Good. I'm doing well. It's finally feeling like fall now. I know that we're early September and it's still like hot as hell in Atlanta, but yeah. it's feeling good. I got, you know, my pumpkin spice cold brew. You're a so fall girl. I, I am. I love fall. I wish I was. I, I'm a summer person. Like I see, like I thrive in the sun once it starts to get cooler. Cause you're in Atlanta. It stays a little warmer than it does up here in New York. Yeah. So like I as soon as as soon as summer ends, I'm just like seasonal depression like punches me. In the yeah. Winter is rough. Like I I'm not a big winter person, but like I like fall and spring because it's that nice in between where I can wear a jean jacket or a leather jacket. And oh, like yeah, that's true. The leather jacket. Now that you say that, I feel like I'm more attuned to fall. <laughs> Good yeah, leather, leather jacket. Leather jacket weather. Everything. So okay. So. I have like so many thoughts because I find you to be, I, I don't want this to sound weird, but like for as long as I've known you, which I think is probably, I'm going to say like three years now, maybe yeah. I have been so intrigued by you and like your artistry. And what I mean by that is a, you have the best live voice that I've ever heard. That's a, but B, you're always doing like just your own thing and you don't seem to follow like any social kind of norms when it comes to branding in music and I think that's so interesting because you're not following a formula right like you just kind of do whatever feels the most natural to you like what does that feel like as a what did that feel like as a solo artist to just kind of pave your own um pave your own path when it came to branding yeah so you know it's always felt right and I've always been someone that if I'm not you know working with people that I don't feel like are family or like whatever whatever I get a suggestion of doesn't feel genuine then I don't do it yeah. um and like that's always been my mission as an artist and as a person I'm a very headstrong <laughs> stubborn person too so yeah, I think it works in music though especially when you're a solo artist you you have to, and a female too I will say you have to be headstrong or people will push you around yeah that's the thing and you know some of my favorite artists like Lady Gaga she's a huge influence of mine in so many ways whether it be songwriting or just her attitude of you know what I'm gonna be myself I don't care what people think I'm just gonna go out there and make the art that I want to make um, and so that's always stuck with me and so whenever I've been in situations, especially when I was a lot younger, kind of beginning to work on my own music and maybe go to recording studios and like, I, you probably have had the same situation, like the recording studios that also do the photo shoots and like the branding for you. And it's all like kind of a complete package thing. They have those. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot more of those now that I'm seeing kind of like conglomerates where they, it's everything's in house. And you're, how old are you? You're 21? 21, yeah. 
So you, and you say like when I was younger, you're still so freaking young. Like I am, I, I am 27 years old. Like uh, <laughs> I, feel, I feel so old, but like I, I've noticed now more where, you know, everyone kind of wants to take on things in house and I've seen it really work and I've seen it, I've seen it not really work. I think a lot of people now want to take on too many tasks at once without having the experience, but there are a lot of people who do have the experience with all of those, all of those different in-house kind of facets too. Yeah. For sure. And like those can be great, but some of them too don't really take the artist's vision in mind as well. You just have to find the right people. Like that's, that's the biggest thing for me is I'm, I'm never going to work with people that don't um, accept and really want to showcase my mission as an artist, which is just to be myself and to hopefully empower other people to do the same. Um, so it's been, it's been really good. And, um, with, with everything going on, like I've been trying to do creative things on TikTok and social media, and I never have a formula. I just wake up and I'm like, okay, I want to do a Hamilton cover. Let's try it. Like, why not? Often though, that is one of the notes that I have is, um, the way like you've utilized TikTok lately. So I'm not a TikTok person. And the reason why is because I don't think that I have like the kind of humor that it takes to be like successful on TikTok. It's weird. Yeah. And I also don't have, like, I'm not, I'm not the best vocalist. Like I know this, I'm more of like a creative overall. I, I, I can sing, but not like, you know, not like Idina Menzel or like, you know, like big oh, yeah. voices. Amazing. So for me, TikTok, I don't really know what my niche would be if I was on TikTok, but you have been taking um, Broadway songs and making them um, pop punk. And the first thing that I have always noticed um, is that they sound like that's how they were written, which I find so interesting. And I've, I've read through a lot of the comments on your videos because I'm a creep and <laughs> people say that they're like, oh, this sounds like Demi Lovato or like early era, like Camp Rock, Disney. So like, how did you realize that like that could work? Did you just do it? And you were just like, oh, I just want to do this and that's it. And you saw that it worked or how did that come to be? So honestly, I did this years ago um, for a show. So I was in musical theater before I was in bands. And that's how I started performing. Oh, and I can tell. You have that performance quality of someone who is very familiar and comfortable with the stage, for sure. Yeah. And theater gave me that confidence. And I think it's because, you know, when you play a role, it can kind of get you out of yourself and out of that anxiety of being who you are on stage. And so it was definitely a great transition. Um, but I remember I performed in a cabaret um, and they, what they usually love to do, like for my number was have me play guitar and sing. And I was like, yes, I would love that. Um, and so I would do like American Idiot, the musical songs. I would do like Next to Normal. I would do a bunch of those crossovers. But something that I did, I think when I was like 14 or 15, I made a pop punk version of a song called Gimme Gimme from Thoroughly Modern Millie. I don't know if you older, know older, that. Older show, yeah. Girl, yeah. I grew up in dance. I knew, I know all the music. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all, all of the tap dancing is in that, that show. They use, they use that for tap a lot when I was really, really young was, was songs from Thoroughly Modern Millie. So yes. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, so I wrote a arrangement of that song in a kind of like pop punk style. And all of my friends loved it. And they were like, you have to play this in the show. So I played that for a few performances. And then flash forward to the summer when Hamilton came out. I love Hamilton. It's fantastic. I could talk about Hamilton for like hours. Yeah. Hours. 
long about Hamilton. Literally, like I never got to see it on Broadway. So having it on Disney Plus was amazing. Yeah. And just the entire cast, incredible. The music is beautiful. It's, it's great. Yes. Um, but I watched it and that weekend I thought, you know, I would love to cover You'll Be Back which for those of you who don't know is King George's song. It's like the super comedic number. Um, and he has a couple of reprises and returns to sing it. It's all over the stage. Yeah, it's so good. It's, it's so good. Um, but I noticed that a lot of people were using that sound on TikTok just for kind of funny skits and whatnot. Um, and so I thought, I'm going to cover it. Like, why not? It's fun. You know, I'm going to try it. And so I just got my guitar and played, funny enough, um, the Brain Stew guitar part from Green Day. Mm -hmm. And it fit perfectly. And so I thought, why not just try this, put yeah. this out. It's fun. And then it blew up and I didn't expect it to. So that was nice. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing this because it makes me happy. So. Roll with it. Yeah. And also too, like you say something that's like so interesting to me and, and that's, you didn't expect it to blow up, which people go on TikTok nowadays expecting to go viral. That's what the point of TikTok is supposed to be. You, it's supposed to be easy to go viral, right? But yeah. you did it because it was something that you genuinely felt passionate about and that's why it blew up, I think, because people could sense, hey, she's not here, you know, to... I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, like shit on TikTok dances, but people do that to get views. It's not like a passionate thing. They're like, oh, I love doing TikTok dances. You know, you did something that you are very passionate about. You, it came to you naturally. It was something you put together and right. people do it because it's you, it's you in a video. So, um, there was one you did that I absolutely love. It was one I've watched all of them. So I can't remember oh. what it was, but someone said it sounded exactly like a song from Camp Rock and I can't remember which was one. Was it the Wicked one? It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was Defying Gravity, right? Yeah. Wicked is my favorite Broadway show. And I, I, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, this is, this, it sounds like that is how the song was written. And it's just like crazy to me how those fit together. But I think it's interesting because you utilize TikTok to kind of combine branding and promo. Cause I see you put some Glimmers videos on there too. Um, and I just think you have like a really nice, combination of like yourself and your own passions and your creations and then you also want to share with other people what it is that you're doing outside of these videos and it's working really well for you you have like what over 30,000 followers yeah I do that is so yeah. so great like seriously yeah it's and it's fun and for me like again I'm I'm not going to post something or make a piece of content that like doesn't show what I love. Like, I'm just not going to do something if it's disingenuous. Yeah. And so for me, like I'm doing TikTok live streams now where people they have that. That's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's fun. And like, it's like Instagram live streams, but it's cool because people can interact and send gifts and make requests. And That's a little different than Instagram. It's a it seems like it's a little more like, um, like personable and interactive, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and it's really cool. And so for me, having that amount of followers, I'm thinking, well, my goal is to make people happy. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep doing what makes me happy. And hopefully they will jam to it. And if they listen yeah. to glimmers, and that's just a win win. So yeah, absolutely. And that's a perfect segue. Because um, I remember when um, my old band Vista was on tour. I have no concept of time anymore. So I'm trying to figure out when this was <laughs> last, last uh, summer 2019, I think. Yeah. 
and we played together in Atlanta and I remember you playing and I was like I I remember saying to to I don't I don't remember who I said it to but I was like I'm not going on stage like uh, no way no. because the thing is like you are so um uh, you're like so dynamic and your vocal performance matches up with your like very obvious and clear pure passion for performing and in my head I was like well I can't sing like this I know I'm a good performer but I didn't want to go after you because I just felt like, well, how am I supposed to match like that kind of passion, even though I have the same, but like, it was so obvious with you. And I was like, your, look, oh, your like, stage presence uh, and your vocals are amazing. Okay. I'm I'm always very, I've always been like very, um, what's the word that I, I was always very uncomfortable singing live. And the reason why is because I grew up dancing. So I was very used to moving and I, I know exactly what my body is kind of doing at any given time. And yeah. now I'm a choreographer here in New York. So it's, I, I know, I know a lot about that aspect of it, but for a while I didn't have in-ears and oh, yeah. when you're performing and you're kind of like, you know, you hear the rumble of the people, you know, watching and the music playing, you can't really hear yourself very well. So I would be very, very self-conscious when I was on stage about singing live. Then I got in ears. It, it changed a little bit. It definitely helped me. But that show in, like, that show in particular, I will always remember, especially on that tour, um, because it wasn't a tour that like, ended well for us. But it was a show that made me feel like, so comfortable. And I bring this up because I want to talk for a second about how the Atlanta scene has influenced you. Because I, there's, the bands down in Atlanta are like, a totally different level than any other market really? and like there are just so many bands like the keepsake mm-hmm. who are literally incredible um and there's just like so many fair shake who i love um uh, there's misty eyed is one of my like favorite like favorite bands ever so you're really close to atlanta and like the atlanta music scene i remember your song 695 north avenue which is like one of my favorite songs you've ever done and it shows how much you love playing in atlanta the masquerade in particular which for those who don't know is um like the local venue of atlanta i guess you would say um there are some other great ones but that's the one that is probably the most prominent so not making this about covid but how how has being a part of the atlanta scene and such a scene that's like so tight-knit how has that influenced you personally yeah it's been really wonderful i mean the atlanta scene like you said it's very tight-knit like everyone knows everybody everyone goes to each other's shows like it doesn't feel divisive um and so i don't know what it's like to be in a local scene that is maybe more competitive or people are trying to kind of like one-up each other like it doesn't feel that way here which is really nice and i think the masquerade is a big reason for that um i mean got a shout out joe yeah like honestly like (laughs) jeff jeff menick masquerade literally just great too yeah fantastic humans um and they really they really care and like they care about their job they care about helping local bands build up their fan base and like sell pre pre pre-sales and they just give everyone an opportunity to do the best that they can um nothing is half-assed and so that's, that's, a, that's a really, really good positive about the scene. And even thinking about how I met all of my bandmates. Like, we all met when we were all in different bands. Interesting. And, I, was, yeah. I, was, I was wondering, because I know that they had played for you, or played with you when we played together. 
And I yep. was like, they have like a, like a connection. Like I could tell they're just very stoked to be on stage with each other. So I was wondering how did, how did you guys all meet and how did that come to be? It's always, it's always a situation like that where they're in other bands and like, you don't want to take them from their band, but like you feel like <laughs> we have that with live members yeah. a lot of the time. So I totally understand that. And they were all yeah. in bands. <laughs> so I totally get that. Right. And it's, it's funny because we were all kind of friends in different ways. Some of them I was acquaintances with, and then we grew to be friends in the past year. So I'll, I'll kind of go one by one. So Jeremy, my drummer, he's been working with me musically the longest. Poppin' mustache too. Right. Okay. Poppin really mustache, let me just say. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Jeremy for the mustache. Like Literally. everyone that meets him is like, your stash is awesome. And like we, what's, what's great is somebody, I don't know who, what made a fan account for his mustache. <laughs> yeah, I, I though, it's like his defining thing. Like that's such a conversation starter. Like, yo, how did you grow your mustache? <laughs> It, yeah, he's he's literally so fashionable and wonderful. Um, but he's been in my band the longest. Um, when I was solo and trying to find different backing band members, he was the first one. I do remember. Um, I do remember seeing him with you a while ago, just because he's he's easy to like identify with his. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I met him being a part of kind of a local show for a band that was like breaking up they were doing their last show and so he filled in for drums and i filled in for like keys and some backup vocal parts for this house show and so i met him there and then when i wanted to start playing in a band rather than just playing with my acoustic guitar i reached out to him and i was like hey would you maybe want to start like practicing with me like i want to get a backing band together and he was like, yeah, for sure. So he's been in my band the longest. Um, Ari, uh, my bassist, who's a ray of sunshine, and Alex Downtain, who's my lead guitarist, they were both in a band called Fighting Sides in Atlanta. And we played together at the old Masquerade location, opening for like Pacific, um, who was a pure noise band. Mm -hmm. And so I met them both there I think about six years ago and hadn't talked to Ari. I caught up with Ari like a year ago and just started chatting again. Um, but Downtain, he's a producer. And so he's produced the stuff that we are coming out with currently. So I got close to him making all of my new music um, and then just started to play more music together and he filled in for a show in New Orleans and I was going to ask him to be in my band I was like dude would, would you want to be in my band and he's yeah like, yes <laughs> like I was going to ask you if you wanted somebody um and so that worked out and then Alex Norell my rhythm guitarist um he was in a band the keepsake like you mentioned yes I was gonna say I know him and I've, I've seen that name somewhere and I couldn't figure out where yeah, so he was in the keepsake for a minute, um, and he reached out to me because he knew I needed someone extra in the band, and he was like, I'd love to audition, and so he came to my house, we practiced, and he was in, so we all kind of met in different different ways, different projects, um, but it worked out, and like, it's such a happy family, like, we're all so thrilled. Yeah, I was going to just say, you seem like literally stoked, just so happy and it's it's like so I kind of experienced something similar 
years ago going from Hope Vista to Vista. And there was a point in time where I said to myself, I don't feel like I'm being challenged anymore. I feel like I'm doing this myself. Yeah, Yeah, I'm calling all the shots. And like, yeah, I I like having that say. I don't want to use the word control, but like, I like, I like being able to creatively just go wherever I want to without any roadblocks. But I felt like that wasn't challenging enough for me. Like I felt like I wasn't growing because I'm the only roadblock. There's no other opinions or thoughts. Um, So I said, okay, well, what about Vista? Like Vista is a different kind of word. Like maybe that could be a band. And like that transition for me was really, really difficult at first because the first lineup of Vista totally fell apart the day after our debut EP came out. Yeah. I was like, well, I look like a clown. Um, and I went through like just just mental hell trying to figure out like, uh, well, where did I go wrong? What, why is this transition so difficult? Like so many thoughts. And I never had the moment like you had where I was like, this is 110% right and comfortable yeah. and happy. Yeah. And it's like, it's so interesting to me because I see a lot of people nowadays going, you know, like from solo to band or reverting from band to solo, like changing it up. And I'm, I'm so happy that like you feel that level of comfort and like that rightness, because I wish it was something that I experienced, you know, five years ago when Vista was first, you know, coming to be with the original lineup. And it seems to me like you are right exactly where you need to be right now. And it's, you know, it took so many years to find the right people. Yeah. Like dating. That yeah. was what my old manager said. He was like, finding band members is like dating and you have to go through all of the wrong ones to get to the right ones. And that was something that stuck with me for a long time. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It you is have to find, yeah, you have to find people that fit with you musically, but also personally. Yeah, like absolutely. If, if you don't vibe with someone or connect with someone in one of those two ways, then it's not going to work. Um, And so with these guys, what's amazing is like, we never get tired of each other. And, you know, we're a family. So if we have kind of a tiff or maybe something needs to be addressed, we do so in a really, really healthy way. And it's something that I've never really experienced before. And I think similarly to you, like, I like to be in control of my creative destiny. That, that, is, that is the word. It's control. And like, I don't think it's control in a bad way. I think if you, no. I think if you approach it the wrong way, it can definitely turn into something negative. But like, I've never thought that there's anything wrong with like having a vision and wanting to follow it. It's just the way that you approach it. And like, right. there, there were times in my band where I 1000% like approached it the wrong way because like you become like, like addicted to your vision in a way and like you want yeah. you see it and like you want it and you, you won't you won't stop anywhere until yeah. you get to it right but the fact that like you feel like you're able to uh, talk about like you know things maybe you don't agree on 100% or like you said little tiffs in a healthy way that's just yeah. such a rare thing to find I think yeah. in, honestly yeah it truly is and like I've I've been in other situations whether it's bands or friendships where that can be kind of difficult and it's it's very hard or it can be really hard when you're in a band with multiple people it's not just one person in a relationship you have four yeah exactly so one to five that's a that's a big jump yeah for sure um but what's great is I feel supported I feel like when I I write 
the songs, like the basic music and lyrics, I come to my guys and we work together on it. And the collaboration is really there, but it's never, it's never like a competition. Like if Ari or Norell has a fantastic idea and it's like, what if we do this? I'm like, cool. Like, let's try it. You know, like I'm, I'm open to whatever ideas people throw out. And it's, it's really, really a cool dynamic because we all have the same vision of, okay, we want to, you know, get, get to a higher level in music. We want to put out music that makes people happy. Let's work together on it for this greater goal. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's really, really cool and crazy to think about that a year ago, I was solo, yeah. you know, I, I still had a lot of these songs in the can ready to put out, but I'm really glad and fortunate that I waited and that we did this rebrand when we did, um, so that now we're more of like a team, because it, it yeah. just feels right. Are you guys doing your, are you writing your own stuff, or are you still planning on dropping the stuff that you were going to before? Yeah, so we're still planning on dropping the stuff uh, that I worked on before, um, and my guys like collaborated on that too, which is really nice. I was going to ask if they played on the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So Alex Downtain, my lead guitarist, he played on all of the songs and he also produced. So it's has a, a lot of easy transition then. Yeah. Exactly. Collaboration that like exists. So that's yeah, exactly. We were all collaborating before Glimmers officially began, which was nice. Which is so um, interesting to me because it's usually not like that. Like usually you're in your own world, you're doing your own your own thing and then you know by whatever whatever fortunate events happen in the universe you meet up afterwards but it's I was gonna ask like how come you chose to release or re-release don't tell me and mix signals because those were previously solo songs and I was thinking about it I was like why would she do this when I'm sure they've been writing together but that makes sense there was already a pre-existing um relationship and collaboration and in production too which plays a big hand in collaboration so for sure and those songs were two that I didn't want to let go of um especially don't tell me because don't tell me honestly has changed my life like it's literally like one of the like I don't know how to put this but like I have I feel like very certain ways when I listen to new music, like some songs make me really happy. Some songs make me feel like very emotionally stirred. Some songs I don't feel a connection to at all. And I remember when I first heard Don't Tell Me and I was like, holy shit, she's <laughs> onto something crazy big because I like, especially with the bridge and like the structure of the song, which I would love to get into because I'm like a structure freak when it comes to music. Yeah. Um, and the bridge is like a minute long. And yeah. I find that's so interesting because you don't hear that with pop punk bands no. these days, except for like Mayday, which I know is a huge influence of yours. And I could hear those influences in there, but, but making it you and making it your sound. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's a good segue then. The structure of the song is completely different than any other pop punk um, band or act. And it borders on, it's over four minutes, right? It's like yeah. So, but, but it's compelling the entire way through. Like there's never a point in time where I was like, oh, this is a song that's, that's long. And there's songs that are long, like that I lose interest in. Like there's Taylor Swift songs that are six minutes. And at a point I'm just like, okay, um, this is a little too long, but like the song is compelling, like the entire way through. And yeah. I just wonder like, how did you get to a point where you said, 
okay, well, this is what I want to say. This is how I want to write it. How did you get there? How did you get to Don't Tell Me? So this song, I think, is the one that I've written the quickest out of any song. Yeah. The longest one, too. It always works that way because you have something to say if it's the longest song. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote this song like two years ago. So I've had this one for a while. Um, but I couldn't sleep. And a lot of my ideas for songwriting either happen when I can't sleep and something's on my mind or I'm driving somewhere. It's a brain thing. It's, it's a, it's it's a total brain activity thing. Let me tell you. Yeah. I write music when I'm teaching dance. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's interesting, especially in the car, because I think it's like, you're doing something, you're driving, you're seeing new things, you're listening to the radio, like all of your senses are working together. And so I I just have a lot of lines that pop into my head when that happens. Um, But with this song, I was upset. I was pissed because I had people kind of telling me the kind of person I should be, the kind of artist I should be you know, having kind of acquaintances in my life, not even in music, kind of have preconceived notions about the person that I am and like the things that I should be doing. And I don't like that. Why is that anyone's business? You know, like I've always felt that way. Why is why is what you do anybody else's business? Right, exactly. And so I just started having lyrics pop into my head. And I think one of the first ones was don't tell me who to be. And so what I do typically when I write songs, I kind of write a free form poem at first. I I typically, yeah, like I come up with lyrics usually before music. um, And I can come up with musical ideas a lot easier than lyrical ones. Really? I think that's, you're you're strong on piano though. So that makes sense because you can navigate around a keyboard very easily. Yeah. So I can, I can sit at a piano and write a pretty melody like any day. But lyrics, I have to be in the right mindset or be inspired to write lyrics. Right. Um, and so I wrote a ton of lines in my notes section without any order, just like word vomit of different things that were on my mind. And so the next day I went to school and then I drove back and on my way home, the don't tell me who to be, like that melody came into my head. And it, I, if people ask, how does that happen? And I'm like, <laughs> it just falls out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I have no idea how it happens. If someone does, please let me know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But I, I thought of that melody and I was like, oh my God, like I need to write this song right now. Yeah. Um, so I went upstairs. I told my mom, I was like, mom, I will be down in a little while. I have a song idea. <laughs> I'll see you in a few. And I finished the song in two hours. That's quick. Yeah. For a song of that length, that is quick. (laughs) Yeah. And usually it takes me like a few days. Like I'll kind of space it out. Um, You know, because sometimes I'll write a verse and a chorus and I'll think, okay, I need to sit with this for a minute. I'll look back on it tomorrow and see if I can try. I do that too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, But with this one, it all happened at once. And as far as the bridge is concerned, it's cool that you talk about structure. Like I had a few people, not my bandmates, but a few people say, would you want to cut the bridge in half? Like, Oh, the amount of times that I've heard that or, Hey, you want to cut verse two and half, just make it a little shorter. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Right. 
And like, sometimes like, I love that constructive criticism. I usually take suggestions more than I say, you know what, this is, this is the way that I see it in my head. But for this, I specifically wanted it to be a long bridge because I wanted that counter melody to build and add to it. Yeah. And with the harmonies too, it adds a nice, like it's, it's a slow burn, but it's an effective slow burn and it's there intentionally. Yeah. So I, and I could tell it was when I listened to it, I was like, there's no reason why she would have, would have made this as long as it is for a bridge without intention. And yeah. I love that because like I said, I love like looking at structure of songs, but it's not something you normally see. Taylor Swift does it a lot because she has something to say and you had something that you really wanted to say and talk about and, and get into. And I think the build like really adds into that kind of um, very raw message that you wanted to give to, to listeners. Yeah. And something for me, like if a song that I write makes me cry after I've written it, I know it's going to be a special song. Oh yeah. And like, I know that I'm on the right track. So there've been two songs where this has happened. So it's been, don't tell me. Mm-hmm. And I played it for my mom for the first time. And we both just started crying. Cause it was like this cathartic release of emotion 100 percent, and they just flow out with stuff like that too yeah exactly and then there's a second one which i cannot wait to release it'll probably be out like winter maybe the first of the year is what we're thinking but yeah like i i know that i'm on the right track and i need to stick with whatever i'm feeling especially if that reaction happens and you've gotten a lot of attention from other other lead vocalists of bands like bonnie from stand atlantic yeah so many other bands that are in that kind of um sector of the industry And it says something, like, I think it says something really strong. These people are paying attention to you because you're talented and you're raw and you're passionate and you say exactly what it is that you want to say, but it's in a way that is well thought out. And like I said, intentional. And, and yeah, I mean, that song to me, the first, like I said, the first time I heard it, I was just like, I was just like, this girl is literally one of the most talented people I've ever um, ever met in my life. But I think it's also interesting to look at the differences between like, don't tell me and mixed signals, the new single that glimmers just dropped because production wise, they're completely different. And also energy wise, completely different, emotionally, completely different. Um, so I guess my question would be mixed signals was a Maggie Schneider single first re-released along with don't tell me are the differences in production, something that feels natural to you. And you're just kind of like, um, enjoying the experimentation or was it more of a challenge to kind of switch between not genres, but switch between production styles, I guess. Yeah. So for us, like I've really enjoyed the experimentation and I think it's because I am influenced by so many different things. It's very very pop rock, but also has is, is super, super cool. Very like Demi Lovato, um, from the Demi album ish, which I love that record. Yeah. We were going for that vibe. Also Paris was like, Oh, white noise kind of influences in there for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like for us, we, like I said, we're influenced by so much like Jeremy, our drummer, he loves everyone from Carly Rae Jepsen to Beartooth. Wide so, range. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So very, very wide range for all of us. Um, and that song, like I, I obviously I write songs either with my acoustic guitar or on piano. So they all start out very bare and stripped down. 
Um, but that song, we had a lot of options with it. And Alex and I talked about this. Um, and at first, it was much more of a rock song, like much more guitar heavy, like more distorted guitars with light synthesizers in there. You stripped it back then. Yeah, so we stripped it back. So Alex removed the majority of the guitar work that we recorded and just put in more synthesizers and the 808s at the beginning and, and did all of that stuff. And I was like, this, this feels right. Like, it's a, it's a combination of my love of the pop punk type of stuff, but also the dark pop that I'm really into as well. Um, and a lot of the stuff that we're releasing in the coming months, like you have the songs that are more pop rock, like Don't Tell Me, piano driven, Mayday Parade style. More melodic, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we also have more of the synthesizer, like indie pop, chapel type influence oh. stuff. Another Atlanta great. I fucking love I love them so much. Literally, I went... Yeah, I went to Carter's place a few weeks ago to work with my friend. I fucking love him. He's a ray of sunshine, <laughs> literally. Literally the best. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, it's been fun to experiment. And even with new stuff that I've written for the next phase of Glimmers, um, there's a lot of kind of pop experimentation in it too. So I'm excited to just get in the studio and continuing to try and meld the glimmer sound because I think it's fun to kind of take inspiration from everything yeah and I think too evolution is a really important part of stuff like this because you know especially when you go from solo to band it's you know one of the things that I kind of did when I was doing the first Vista record when it was like the original lineup of Vista it was essentially a Hope Vista record it really wasn't a Vista record there wasn't like that um uh, that time for experimentation it was so rushed and I was like we have to get music out now because I want people to hear Vista but Vista ended up just sounding like my last solo record it wasn't there wasn't that time to kind of let it simmer and build and and play around with with different kinds of production styles different writing styles and then as like you know Vista evolved over time there was a lot of experimentation um, and every record ended up being completely different, which I liked. And I think that's super important. So I think it's interesting that you say, you know, some are more like that pop rocky, um, I would say like mid, mid 2010s kind of, kind of style. And then you yeah. have more of the synth based indie pop, which you really haven't delved into yeah. before. Cause your, your last record, which you did with Ryan, right. From all time low, that was very straightforward. I wouldn't even say pop punk. I would say that was definitely more like alternative based. Yeah, it was like, like alternative. Yeah, like singer songwriter, oh, yeah, like exactly. that type of thing. Yeah. yeah, and like for me, what's really cool is listening back to those songs, and I love yeah. those songs. Listen, Six Five um, North Avenue is my fucking jam. I listen to that in my car like, all the time. It is one of my. Yes. I, I literally, when you did not play it at the show that we did last year, I was like Maggie. I'm going to, I'm going to force you to play this song on this <laughs> for me alone outside. Like, <laughs> I love that song. It's like, it's because I hear you. I don't hear all of like the bells and whistles. I just hear you. And that record was like super straightforward. Yeah. Instrumentation based. And I like that. You can yeah. hear you in that. For sure. And like, Ryan was such a great help with that because I had been in the studio like I had an EP prior to Tinted Glass. Oh I know I've heard it. 
Uh-huh, yeah. We all, we all have one of those, like, oh, we do. that we remove from the internet. And I got to send you mine. You're going to be like, what the fuck? Yes. Like, everyone oh. has to have one. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> I keep the files, like, very hidden away. And I recently put up one of those. Oh, the, the EP was literally called The EP because I just didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. Because everyone has, like, like you said, that one record that comes before the defining record that brings right. you to light as an artist. For sure. And yeah. I recorded in Atlanta, which is, I, I went with Zach and Ken for that record. And that they are literally like, they're two, two very good friends of mine now, but like it really, going down there really yeah. got me in touch with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but like I'm I'm going on a tangent. But my point is like everyone has that one record that defines them, and then they have the one record before them that gets them there. So Absolutely. that's why I find um, tinted glasses, right? Find that record and Chuck Bass, songs like that that really tell like your personality and show it in music, and you can build off of that. And you have with Maggie Schneider. And now with Glimmers, I feel like it's just been a big stepping stone process for you. Yeah, it really was. And Ryan truly gave me that confidence, too. Because like I said, like I had been in the studio, but I had never been in a studio situation where it was more like collaborative. Like the other ones were more me like driving all of the ideas. But truthfully, in the studio, I want to collaborate with everybody. Um, like I will have my ideas about vocals and harmonies and piano, but I'm not a bassist. Like I want bass ideas. Like I don't want to lead everything in that way. That's how I am with drums. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with drums. Yeah, me either. (laughs) Give me something to work off of, please. Exactly. And like, that's why I'm so happy I found my bandmates. Um, and then even with Alex and Benjamin Humpke, who co-produced all of these new songs that we're putting out too. Um, just because it, it's a really good feeling to collaborate, but yeah, like Ryan gave me that confidence and was like, you know what, these songs can go a bunch of different ways. I personally think if you want to keep it more in like the straightforward singer songwriter, like Frank Turner type of vibe, because we both love Frank Turner and all of that music. And he was like, I think this will really be a good fit for you. And so we went with that and it worked out really well. And he's definitely the person and one of my mentors that really like showed me what that process is like and like helped navigate me through, you know, from the first EP where I was doing everything (laughs) for better or for worse to working with him and having that mentorship of, Hey, let's, let's try this. Let's try this like sonic theme. Yeah. And it gets exhausting to do everything by yourself in the studio at a certain point. And you're like, God, I wish I could just have another idea to work off of. Even if it's not something that I 100% think is the right fit for this, it's something to work off of and build on and expand upon. And I don't know Ryan personally, obviously I know he's an all-time low, um, which is undoubtedly the biggest pop punk band ever besides Paramore. But um, I know a lot of bands who have recorded with him and they've had similar experiences where they've said, you know, he guided me or he mentored me to find my sound or my voice. And I think that that's like such a great, um, just like a great opportunity for young up and coming artists to have. You have a guy who is in one of the biggest bands in that genre, and he is open to helping bands and artists find 
their identity in music as a young artist, which I, you know, All Time Low has been around for, fuck, since I was in, how old am I? I'm 27. <laughs> 2003 is when yeah. the first EP came out. So I was like nine years old. Um, yeah. They've been around forever and they've experienced everything. So I just, I always hear good experiences about people going to Ryan and yeah. and finding their identity in that process. And also too, like, you know, being in the studio setting for me personally, I don't know about you, but like, it's so either motivating to be in that kind of environment or for me personally, I've also had experiences where it's just been like a total downer because I get frustrated. And I think that like, you know, in that kind of situation where you're working with someone who's in a band of that, that caliber, it's gotta be motive. It's gotta be like motivating yeah. to like such a, sh- such like a high extent. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And like, I, I was, I'm so thankful for that relationship um, because he is a big reason why I even stepped up my game too. Like yeah. I first you jumped heard- in, you jumped in head first once you got yeah. back from recording with him. I, I follow you girl. Yes, I noticed, I feel like it gave you just like such like, such a natural confidence and you were like yo I was just fucking recording with Ryan Dawson and I made some awesome music and I feel I know I can do this yeah and I have that experience and like I know exactly who I am that kind of like yeah you know exactly. because you're not swinging after that I did and and with our my very first experience working with Ryan um I worked and went up with my friend Nick who co-writes a lot of my songs like Chuck Bass Love, uh, I love that song. Yeah, he that was that's that was his idea for that. Love that song, love Chuck Bass. It was so sassy, and I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. He was like, you need a sassy song. Yeah. <laughs> so. well, because you are like, I feel like you are, and like you don't show it a lot, but you are. You have like such a. I see your tweets. You have such a sassy, like fun side, and I think that's like why people relate to you so much. I had someone once say to me. Um, I think I posted a picture of you and I after the show last year. Yeah. And someone was like, um, I don't remember who it was, but someone was like, everyone knows that like Maggie is the the gem of Atlanta or something. Oh. And I was like, yeah, be- people relate to her because she can be sassy. She can be funny. She can be, um, you know, like a creative fucking brilliant mind combining pop punk songs with Broadway, but she can also be really melodic and like soft and emotional. And like, you're just super multifaceted, which is really rare to see in, um, in this kind of like sector of the music industry, people usually take one road and that's it. You dip your toes into a lot of different waters, which I find really interesting. You are so sweet. You are too nice to me. What? Girl, you don't even know how talented you are. Seriously. You are so, like, you are so young and you just have so much still to do, yet you dip your toes into, like, all these different kind of little ponds, if you will. Yeah. That when I was your age. (laughs) Well, for me, like, like I said, like, I've been very lucky to feel supported and to work with people like Ryan. Yeah gave me that confidence. Like I remember the first time I was up there uh, for Tinted Glasses, I I think I went up to Nashville like four times to a studio. And isn't Nashville like also just a super motivating kind of environment? I feel so happy yeah. whenever I am there. It's a, it's a vibe. I don't even know how else to explain it to people who yeah. haven't been to Nashville, but there's a very certain thing in the air there that you're just yeah. like, oh my God, I want to do this, 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 and yeah. this. It truly is. Like we, we toured there in February 
and just had the best time. And literally, like, I, I would live there. I would yeah, I'm I would wearing too. Nashville on my shirt right now, which is I a would coincidence. My boyfriend actually wants to live in Atlanta at some point. He loves it down there. It's, it's a, I love Atlanta. I love something about the South. Like, I, Florida and Nashville, Atlanta, I don't know. It's just something yeah. different down there. It's, it's such a nice vibe, but yeah, like people like Ryan and my band and the people down here, like they truly have helped me gain that confidence and be like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm I'm just gonna, you know, jump in and just see what happens and do everything I can to make this dream of mine come true. And something that Ryan said to me that really stood out to me, he was like, you know, it's not about like going from zero to a hundred in like two seconds. Like it's not about just jumping to that big place. It's about the building blocks. It's a slow burn. Yeah, no, it really is. My old manager said something similar to me at a certain point. And one thing that I really have trouble with is patience, especially in music, especially like when you write a killer song and you're like, fuck, I want everyone to hear this right now. And you know exactly what you want to do to promote it, but you have to wait because it's a slow burn. And I think it's so important that at your age, I hate to keep bringing up your age, but like, I don't think people understand like who aren't in the music industry, how, how difficult it is to accomplish what you have so far at your age. Because like, I was just starting really at your age and like, there's other people who start way later. So you're on like a really, like you're way ahead of most people, which it's, <laughs> it's, it's difficult, but like, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that, but like, it is the slowest burn possible. And that is when you will succeed. Look at, um, look at like Paris, for example, yeah. you know, they were a hardcore band first and then they released an acoustic EP of the hardcore songs and then they did white noise. And then it took years to get to the new record. But now look, you know, they're signed to Warner Brothers. It's like, it is the slowest burn possible. And the fact that like, you see that at like the age that you're at, because most people your age, they just want to fucking go. But you have that discipline. So I feel like that's, I feel like that's such a good guiding point. I wish I was, I wish I was patient and understanding of that. Like, look, I, I try to be patient. I, I am not super patient. Like, I have a song I am dying to put out right now. Right? Like, you feel it, like, physically hurting in your body. (laughs) And I wrote it a little over a year ago. Oh, so you're, like, you're, like, just fucking pick it up, please. Like, (laughs) it it is my favorite song I've ever written. I didn't ever think Don't Tell Me, like, I could one-up Don't Tell Me personally for myself. But I feel like I have. And I'm very excited. And when it does come out, it's going to feel like such a relief. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I also, like, I want to touch upon, while we're talking about, like, working with Ryan and that record, um, and the slow burn. The last solo EP, we talked about, like, the genre, how that kind of differed from, you know, the EP that you did before that. But, like, when you go from tinted glasses to something like Don't Tell Me, and you're switching producers, you're kind of working with a different kind of environment, you've experienced more life, and you've experienced just like different things personally, whatever that may be. There was like a stark difference between that EP and Don't yeah. Tell Me. And then and then to mix signals, like we talked about, like the, the slow burn there was really, really different. But it was also, I feel like in that time, you just had more time to grow personally. Yeah. And that evolved your, your writing. So like, totally. There's a big sonic difference there. Did, was that like a natural jump or was that something intentionally that you kind of wanted to, to, to 
evolve, I guess. Is the yeah. Best so it was definitely something intentional that I wanted to do. Um, cause I, I love the vibe of tinted glasses. And again, it's hard for me to choose like one genre or one vibe that I want to set myself after. Yeah. And I think it cool. shouldn't be, you should, right. I don't think anyone should be confined to one genre. I always think yeah. that most, like when people yell at fallout boy for their album sounds changing, I'm like, first of all, like there were records that were released 17 years ago. Who do you think they are now compared to who they were 17 years ago? But, but influences change. Yeah. Life changes. And like you, you experience stuff that maybe uh, like takes a piece of you or grows a piece of you. And that, that has an impact on production. I know a lot of people probably don't understand that who aren't in music, but like that really impacts your sonic decisions in the studio. Exactly. And for me, like writing all of these songs that are going to be released under glimmers, I really thought long and hard kind of in the process of writing those and even before of where I wanted to go. And it's a good um, question to ask because you need to, it's important to look at your surroundings and see who you are when you're starting a new part of your, part of your life or part of, your, part of a new project, you know? And it was hard. And I was like, you know, I know that my voice and kind of what I want to say is, is strong in the stripped down kind of singer songwriter vibe, like what I did with Ryan, but I still love like my early 2000s pop punk. Yeah. I love poppier stuff. Like where exactly do I want to go? And I knew for sure that I wanted a change and I knew for sure that I wanted to play with instrumentation more so whether it was a big anthem like don't tell me where i knew i wanted it to be like this mayday parade inspired like progression big power um, yeah yeah like a big power ballad or with something like mixed signals where we wanted to add synthesizers and stuff i just knew that i wanted like a bigger sound and that I can always pull back and do something acoustic. But for me, the bands and the artists that I've loved have experimented like that. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I love my Sarah Bareilles. I love Frank Turner. I love all of those people. But I feel like what I want to say could be emphasized through a lot more different like instrumental options or different synths or different production elements and like it's it's so interesting because like experimenting with production over the last few years in a band and like kind of just toying with different vibes mm-hmm. you know emotion influences that like I said 100% like if I'm if I'm feeling very depressed then I tend to lean towards like darker production for sure right. but but it's also like you said it's really important to kind of go with a production that matches what you're trying to say and like if you know something's a power ballad okay let's like take that path and see what production elements fit this kind of this kind of emotion or you know mixed signals which is more of a like sassy pop rocky kind of thing what production elements match this kind of thing okay 695 north avenue my favorite song what, what matches this kind of vibe of saying goodbye to a venue that means you know everything to me right. i think that that's just like so important and i think what's what's like i would i would love at some point to hear you do like not like acoustic versions of your tracks or like piano versions of your tracks because yeah. they have that versatility but like that also, like, even just doing stuff like that, it totally switches up the vibe of whatever it is that you're writing. That's what's so interesting to me about music is, like, the production really changes the, yeah. entire, the entire thing. Yeah. 
You know, again, going back to Lady Gaga and her being my favorite female artist. Can we talk about her? Because nobody that I am friends with loves or adores her in the way that I do. (laughs) I fucking love her. Chromatica, like, moved me in a way that I wasn't expecting because I was not crazy about Joanne. I don't know how you feel about Joanne, but Joanne was, I'm, I'm a born this way kind of person like just that explosive like euro dance with yeah. darker lyrics kind of vibes like bad kids or like electric chapel or oh. like those deep 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 gaga cuts you know mm-hmm. so joanne i didn't really like connect with the way that i did with born this way but then i listened to chromatica start you know start to finish just like i do every album that comes out and i was just like i was like oh my god like when yeah. i heard sign from above for the first time i was like oh my god God, this production and just like the, uh, God, how do I even word this in a way that like sufficiently explains how I feel about Gaga? It's like so hard to explain. But the point that I'm trying to get at is the production on each of those records that she's put out completely matches what it is that she's trying to say. Yeah. And you have that same kind of vibe about whatever it is that you do. Don't tell me I know exactly what it is that you're trying to say just based on the piano intro. Mix signals, I know exactly what you're trying to say based on the production at the very beginning. You know, all the other songs, Chuck Bass, I know this is about to be sassy as hell. And it's it's it really plays a big part of it. So I can see where the Gaga influence comes in 100 I I love her for so many reasons. Um the way and she inspires me in this way especially the way that every album cycle tells a cohesive story, but oh, it's like- my favorite word, cohesive. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, it tells its own story, but it's like its own episode of her life. It's right? its own world. It's its yeah. own, it's like, they're all like different planets. Right. So we're going to the Chromatica planet. We're going to the Joanne planet. Yeah. Every and I, I love that so much. And similar to her, like she, like I never want to just like make records that sound totally the same. Like yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that. And I, I love the idea of each project having its own world and its yeah. own life and the way that she incorporates art in the visual elements too. Like that's exactly what I want to do as an artist. Um, and especially like a star is born, like, and Anthony Ramos from Hamilton. Let's get into it. (laughs) As soon as he popped up, I was like, oh shit. But that movie, like, God, like what a multifaceted human being, like is it's, I, I went to see that movie three times in theaters and one every time, probably right. Right. Every time. I see new things in it every time. I have the vinyl of the soundtrack. Really? Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, and it comes with these really beautiful photographs from the movie, too. It's oh, so yeah. great. That yeah. movie, my boyfriend fell asleep when we were in the theater for this film, and I yelled at him. I was like, how the fuck do you fall asleep during this? This is like the no! scene I've ever seen in my life. How oh. do you fall asleep? Yeah, it's <laughs> literally... So she she is my favorite female artist just oh, yeah. because of how she how she comes up with these ideas how creative she is on the visuals as well as sonically what she does and each record tells its own story yeah. and i love that and so that's what i hope that we do as glimmers i hope that 
every project it's cohesive and they all work together in a really cool way but they each have their different like lives oh yeah. yeah and it's like it's i love that you you say that i think i think it's like i, I think creative minds versus not creative minds they inhale music differently like I think creative minds notice the visuals, all of the, all of the work that went into creating like the world of Chromatica, for example, it's very clear how much she put into really making sure that listeners knew that we were in her, her Chromatica kind of world. So I think like for me personally, visuals have always been like a very big part of what it is that I am involved in musically. Like with Vista, for example, we did a lot of video work, but it wasn't like music video work. It was a lot of promo video work. And we would have meetings where like we sat down and just like fleshed out, Mm -hmm. you know, these visual ideas. And that played a big role in who we were as a band for a really long time because it was so important. And I've seen a lot of other artists, you know, post or put out really, really solid music and, you know, not much else, you know, to do visual wise, but really solid music. And I would always think, damn, I wonder what the music looks like. That's a weird question to ask, but like, what, what, how would they interpret like what this music looks like? And that's kind of always what I asked myself with music and even like, you know, writing solo music again now, which I've been really delving into the last few months. What does it look like? Yeah, I think it's, and I, I remember when you put out, don't tell me originally last year, that was at the beginning of 2019, I think. Right. Or like yeah. 2019, yeah. you posted um, a whole new set of like promo pictures with roses, right? Like roses. And I was like, okay, I know exactly what she thinks this music looks like. She thinks yeah. it looks like this, or she, she sees it as this image that she's posting and not everybody does that. So I find myself more in tune with those kinds of like also visual artists which is why i feel like i just like i just like watch everything you do because i'm a fucking weirdo and i'm a creep <laughs> but, but i i like put myself into music and i i invest in music that has that visual too if that makes sense so i think yeah. it's so interesting you bring that up because i've always i've always loved seeing what you do but now with glimmers like i'm so interested in what glimmers looks like outside of the members like okay yeah. i know what they look like i know who they are but what does their music look like and you yeah. will definitely see as more of these singles come out and more of the music comes out you will see especially connections between the cover art yeah i love that those are like little easter eggs and i yeah. fucking love stuff like that oh it's, oh i love that it's, it's something honestly i love the visuals as much as i love the music that's that's a big part of it though now like remember well no you would i don't think you would remember because i'm so much older than you but like when my favorite artist is the backstreet boys and mm-hmm. i lived in like the trl 90s bubblegum pop era because i'm old but visuals weren't a part of it back then it was just hey they're the biggest band in the world and they're shutting down Times square and there's no social media there's just the music and you have the album booklets yeah. and that's it that's their visual is the album booklets there was no social media to think about or people yeah. to engage in that way mm-hmm. and then social media came along and the game changed with people constantly posting graphics for stories resizing it to instagram posting little videos swipe up features there's so much content now to think about and i've always thought you have a really good grasp on how to engage people across every single platform that's available like you utilize tiktok that even circles back to what we started with that's so 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 glimmers to see what you guys do visually 
Yeah, we, we are very excited. We, you know, in quarantine, we worked on a lot of stuff that I'm very stoked to put out. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. Not, not talking about COVID for very long, but this time is, is however you want. Oh, yeah, no. And I, it's, you know, I've seen some people creating. I've seen some people say, hey, I'm going to take a step back from creating. That's okay. What I, which is what I did. Like, yeah. before COVID, I was, like, going through a mental fucking crisis. So I was like, you know what? Maybe COVID hit in a way, like, that I needed, which sounds really terrible because it's obviously, you know, a terrible tragedy. But at the same time, internally, I was like, oh, my God, I don't have to do anything. I don't want to do anything. And I didn't for a really long time. So, so you're 100% right. Everyone, everyone has approached this time in a different way. But I feel like you are the kind of creative who constantly has gears yeah. turning all the time. You're, you're, wired, you're wired to work like yeah. me, except I forced myself during this quarantine to just sit back and literally do nothing. But, I, but you're, you're wired to work just like me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I have to like, or else I feel like I'm not doing anything, which is not, Yes. it's not a good thing. It's not a good habit. And I make myself like take a day off. Like I make myself do those things. Yeah. Um, but for me, yeah, but I also, luckily I'm fortunate to where I love what I do. And even if it's making a TikTok or a short piece of content, I enjoy that. It's not me just thinking, okay, I have to promote the single. What do I need to do? Like that's what it got to for me. I was like, oh God, I don't want to do this at all. I was just so not mentally there. I was, like I said, I was going through a mental crisis, but, but like, I was so not there anymore. Like just passionately, I had been completely just drains and I I wish that I had like that kind of mind still where I was like oh my god like just creating something small gets me so excited I'm feeling it a little more now that I've had like time to decompress that's why I'm so excited about doing this because it's something that I can invest time into and talk to people that like I genuinely care about but also it's so mentally stimulating for me to just talk about music and creative things and kind of like get that piece of myself back on, on track, you know? I totally get that. And yeah, just remember, like, you are doing enough. Thank like, you. you are. And I see you killing it everywhere, yeah. you know? Like, musically, you know me, I, I've loved your voice and your music for a while. Thank you. You're a very just, like, kind and, like, open and very similar to me. Like, you go after what you want no matter what it is. That's why I feel like I connect to you because like, yeah, we're a few years apart, but like, I don't feel that. Like when I talk to you, like you're, you being part of the music industry matures you, I feel like in a way for sure. But like, you are such a go-getter. And at the very beginning of this conversation, you were like, oh, I'm so stubborn. And like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like, you know, I just dive in like head first. Yeah. But yeah. That's how people get stuff done in the music industry, especially in an industry that's like so diluted with, bullshit like all the time (laughs) you know but like you are a complete go-getter and I see glimmers doing so much seriously like I'm not just saying that to say that like I really genuinely see glimmers doing so much and it's so good to see you like I said at the beginning of this but just to reiterate like you seem just so content and not even just content but like past content like you seem genuinely just like at rest internally and I love that so much for you 
Yeah, it feels really good. And, you know, again, like I, I have been in so many different bands or backing bands or duos or you solo. For a while. The forward. Listen, I love that project. Right. Me too. That was a great that. project. Yeah. And like all of those projects and pieces, whether they were good or not so good, have brought me to where I am now. So yeah. Which is, that point, which is, it's that slow burn, right? Like it's, it always comes back to that slow burn. <laughs> oh, for sure. But I, I'm so happy, you know, it again, Glimmers is a fam and I'm just, I'm stoked for everyone to get to know my guys too. Like yeah. I'm so excited for them to continue to like become known and to be a part of interviews and to do things like, because they're amazing people. And you have been highlighting that a ton. Like you have, I, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to close with this because we could talk for hours, but you have been so open about everyone getting to know who your bandmates are outside of you, because I feel like, you know, okay, Hey, people know me already. I'm going to give them their chance because they deserve it. And I want everyone to know exactly who they are. It's not about just yourself anymore. When you're in a band, it's about opening up your world to those new faces and those new creatives and those new opinions yeah and that's not it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with is and it's something that I definitely struggled with is like okay it's not just me anymore how do I how do I open myself up and and bring down this personal wall that I have but you do it like so seamlessly and I just think that that's such a great thing to be so open about that yeah and again it's also because like I am comfortable and proud of my band because they're not, they're not just backing band players to me. They never have been, even when they were more of a backing band project, but they're my best friends. They're your people. Yeah. And you could tell, you could tell that they're your best friends for sure. And so for me, like, I want people to get to know who they are, the silly parts, you know, the parts where they love their dogs and their animals and like dance in their house with them, the mixed signals. That's what Jeremy did. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Um, or, you know, I, I have them doing Instagram takeovers of my Instagram every I, once. I love that though, because like, that's so seem that's like so uh, difficultly selfless. Like a lot of people would be like, well, it's my Instagram and it's my space. So, but you're not like that. Like you are just a genuine open soul. Thank you. And that's why Glimmers is going to do big things like that, ad- that attitude and that, that perspective, like that fresh open perspective is exactly why. Well, we are ready. We are ready for world domination. Yes. <laughs> and I will be stalking you through and through like an absolute weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> like- I, just, I just, I just genuinely love you and I just genuinely love what you do. And I love, um, I've loved the, having the opportunity the last few years to watch you grow um, and, and I can't wait to keep watching you grow just as a human being and as an artist and, and now as a, as a front woman queen. Yes. yes. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me. I think that's a perfect spot to end. Like I said, I feel like we could probably just literally talk for hours on end about Gaga or whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, everyone check out Glimmers and everyone listen to their new singles. Don't tell me mixed signals. Both music videos are up. Uh, yeah, the mixed signals one is up. That one's up. That premiered via substream last week. Um, so you guys can check that out. And this has been Hurricane Hope and Maggie Schneider. Bye guys. Bye.